my name is Beavis Palawaksky, and I'm an avatar in Second Life, and I've been involved with Odyssey as a curator and builder and sometimes an artist. Well, Second Life is a virtual world in a general sense, uh, but unlike a lot of the other virtual worlds and games that are currently online, Second Life is kind of an open platform where you can create anything that you desire using a tool set that's provided to you. You can create three-dimensional objects, bring textures in to basically recreate things from the real world or create things that could never be created in the real world. Second Life attracts a large number of creative people because of the uh, communities that end up evolving through this concentration of creativity. And Odyssey is one of these concentrations. All of the artists on Odyssey are, are discovered within Second Life. There's so much in Second Life that there really isn't a need to go outside of Second Life to find artists to bring in, although that is something that we'd, we'd like to do. Well, Odyssey was started by, by Shir Sibyl, who's an avatar that has pretty much founded this community through networking within Second Life. She managed to get um, someone to finance the server, put together a number of different artists to help build the content for the region, and basically Odyssey is a private server that's open to the public. But because it's a private server, unlike mainland, the region can be managed in a way that makes the user experience much more functional. We decided we needed a space to show art that was a gallery space on Odyssey. Having a roof in a world that, where it doesn't rain, or stairs in a world where you can fly, you don't need any of those things, but they help to orient the viewer to signify the environment. This building I designed for the purpose of an avatar being able to easily navigate. So the ceiling is very high. It's a very large space with the potential for artists to build spaces even within the space and really to use it as a frame space that records the real world gallery museum environment. East of Odyssey is more of an open natural landscape that could be used in any way. Even the space up in the sky where there's no environmental effects. Odyssey was the main server and later on we needed more space and we added on a second server. And rather than connecting the two islands together, uh, we decided to make a bridge and use that as a metaphor for the linkage between the two places. Well, Odyssey is at its heart a community, and so the spaces are adaptable to that community. And the shows end up taking on their own characteristics depending on who's involved with the curating and who's involved with the making of the, of the work. We had a performance uh, a while back, and an artist showed up at this performance, and this artist uh, avatar showed up and decided he would just start resing all these things, um, all of these primitives, and took over the sim with all this stuff. And he said, well, you know, I'm an artist. I should be able to express myself and... You know, why would you have a place that's closed and, and only certain people can create things here? And what about street artists? And what about freedom of artistic expression? And why isn't Odyssey more open? Sugar's response to this was to take a section of the sim and 
open it up to anyone that wanted to create a, a work of art and we call it the Street Art Project and invited uh, 400 people from the group to create whatever they liked and it was kind of predictable that it would, it would quickly fill up with, um, you know, we had about 40 artists that ended up uh, creative, creating works there and it, it slowed the region down substantially and uh, but there were some very interesting works that, that, that showed up. One, one artist made a street talker script which was uh, basically a a floating orb that followed you around and recorded whatever you said and then the next person that came along would hear reassemblages of everything that it heard throughout the day repeated out to it in a nonsensical way where it was all pasted together in, in, in a random structure. A lot of the art that you see in Second Life is uh, what I call imports where you'll walk into a gallery and you'll see um, an image of an artwork from the real world that's on the wall of a gallery, and that's pretty much it. You're just seeing kind of a three-dimensional web page. The most engaging work in Second Life uses the Linden scripting language. It uses the three-dimensional modeling tools. It, it engages the avatar in, a, in an experiential way that Second Life is, is so fundamental to Second Life. For example, uh, Adam Ramona, whose work is uh, generally could be described as audiovisual, that use, utilizes the three-dimensional space of Second Life, geometries that are created into sculptural forms, and sounds that are carefully placed within the environment. Uh, Second Life has a spatialized audio environment so that if something is to the left or the right of you, you, you can sense that through the audio experience. Or if something's above you, you know that it's a it's it's in that point in space. So when you move through an Adam Ramona sculpture, you get that three-dimensional sense of space from just from the audio, um, and then there's also the visual experience from the geometry that of the sculpture. Probably the most one of the most interesting works of Adam Ramona is, is one that takes the simple geometry and combines it with a kind of emotional connection to the viewer. And this piece is called The Moaning Columns of Longing. Um, when, you, when you approach the moaning columns of longing, you hear the sound of moaning, and you see these very simple white columns emanating from a white base. They're kind of swaying in the breeze. When you approach the sculpture, a script sees your avatar, and it creates one of these columns for you, and the column starts to speak to you. It, it expresses that it that it loves you, that it needs you, and that it wants you to come and visit it. And when you leave, it continues to, to send you instant messages. And what Adam Ramona was trying to, was uh, expressing in this was that this sculpture, it gives you an opportunity to practice emotional responsibility, which is kind of a strange thing when you're interacting with a piece of electronic um, 3D geometry. Although it might sound kind of odd that people would have emotional responses to a sculpture like that, there are four or five avatars that go every day to the moaning column and, and, and click on it to make sure that it doesn't die. The faucet piece, which is called Slursinate, and the reason for that title is it's actually a collaboration between Gazira Babeli, who's an avatar artist that doesn't exist in the real world, and Kurt Schwitters, who's a German Dada artist that's, who's been dead for many years. And the audio that you hear 
is from a Kurt Schwitter's Dada Sonata. And the visual is created by Gazira, and it's a giant faucet that instead of water coming out of it, you have random inventory from Second Life that's known as freebies. And this is just all of the essentially junk that you can get out in Second Life, cars and boats and pieces of furniture and that just comes pouring out of this faucet. And it's kind of a, a reaction to the material nature of so much of Second Life, I think. And when I first went into Second Life, I one of the first things I built was when I bought a little piece of land as a I, I wondered if there was a mental hospital in Second Life because it seems Second Life can seem like such a crazy place in the kind of Alice in Wonderland sense. And I, I thought it would be funny to make a, a mental hospital that was scripted so that when you walked into it, you bounced off the walls. And it was kind of a one-liner, but I, I put this up and I got a, a huge amount of traffic on my land. It was very popular. Uh, the deforming chairs, they have a script in them. They're, they're made by... Uh, a scripter named Waster Skronsky, who doesn't consider herself an artist, but actually manages a number of sandboxes around Second Life. Sandboxes are open um, places where you can build things. And these chairs, when you sit in them, they have a script that acts upon your avatar and starts to deform it in various ways. Your arm will pop out and your head will, your neck will extend. And the longer you sit in it, the more the script will act upon your avatar. I believe that artists should be compensated for their work, and, and uh, Second Life has a, a strong economy, and there's no reason why an artist shouldn't be able to make money. People do buy work in Second Life. Uh, it's hard to guarantee that it's a limited edition because digital work is so easy to copy. Uh, so there is a need for um, a way to archive works that are created in Second Life, to um, establish provenance and to limit additions. And those three factors are important in determining the value of a work in the eyes of a collector or um, an, an institution that, um, like a museum or a gallery. It's, it's hard to say where Odyssey is, is ultimately going. Um, it is very much an experiment. And Odyssey evolved out of uh, the energy that was put into it by so many creative people. It's hard to say what ultimately will become of it. There's the, probably the most compelling thing about art in Second Life is that there are so many things that you can do in Second Life that you could never do in the real world. And so it's very much a, a, a frontier for creative expression and for uh, research and development in the, in the arts.